This is the Veteran Growth Podcast, an audio experience designed to help you create a sustainable, wealthy, and healthy lifestyle after the military. Farmy veteran and host Kyle Hartman, the goal is simple never stop learning or growing. Whether you are recovering, transitioning, starting a business, or just want to grow mentally and spiritually, we have you covered. Together, this community can accomplish anything. We've already proven it. You can find more at www.veterangrowthpodcast.com. Please enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Veteran Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hartman. I'm very excited today. We have our very first guest on this show, my friend and brother, Paul Alcobi. Paul, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah, man, it's awesome to uh, be on. So Paul's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I know, I think you're there now, but uh, you were just in Toronto, if I'm correct, right? You're in Canada? Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, okay, there we yeah, go. I was up in Vancouver and then uh, went from there to Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, yeah, so you see he's been on the road. Paul's an Air Force veteran. He was uh, he did some time with AVSOC, the Air Force Special Operations Command. He's done some pretty phenomenal things. Transitioning out of the military, I think Paul and I are right at the same timeline of both being out for about two years now. Paul got out of the military in 2016, I believe. He's doing a whole slew of things. He is into the CrossFit world. He does what I like to call the three C's, consulting, CrossFit, and content. Paul, why don't you take us back and tell us a little bit about your experience with the military and some of your experience with your transition out of the military. Yeah, so I joined in uh, 2012, started the whole process back in 2011, went into a soft selection process, and then ended up actually becoming a medic uh, because, well, we all know how that stuff goes. And, yeah. yeah, ended up with the Army. So my first duty station, I ended up just hanging out in Launchville, Germany with the Army for, for a couple of years. Then my follow-on was at AFSOC. So uh, from there, basically decided, hey, it's time to, to get out and figure, figure what I want to do out. And got out in 2016. Now, when you were getting out, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you have, you know, ideas? Were you making plans for your future in the civilian world? How did that go for you, transitioning from the military to where you are now? Uh, was there a big process there? Did, was there a lot of trial and error? Did you have, you know, certain hardships getting out? Yeah, so uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I had a whole plan kind of lined up uh, in terms of contract work. Unfortunately, when I got out, the Air Force kind of botched my DD-214. So I got out and basically had no record of ever even being in the military. I had no access to my benefits really nothing that I could do and I was uh I was fortunate that there was a published article on me because I was like my proof of service essentially for getting hired at a uh a local defense contractor but yeah I mean it was pretty rough getting out I had a whole plan and kind of had to reevaluate that and live off of my savings until I could get employed wow and that went for about a year well I mean I noticed I, I it's funny that you said that because I actually saw on a veteran support page on Facebook I was I go into there a lot just to see if there's anybody I can help or if there's anybody that I can assist through my struggles and it's funny because you popped up uh, back in 2017 looking for any sort of help regarding that issue and I was actually going to mention that 
if you didn't, just to kind of, you know, throw you off <laughs> a little bit that I knew that. But yeah, that's, that's funny. So you were in any form of, you were in IRR going through that process as well? Yeah, so I mean, I was basically put right into IRR, but I never had a DC-214. So everything was processed without, I mean, really no legitimacy. And that had to be tough because yeah, for anybody that's not in the, you know, a veteran or if they don't know the how it works a dd214 is basically your proof that you were in the military so when you get out and you want to pursue other careers and you say you have just been in the military if you don't have a dd214 it can be very very difficult to you know find work let alone be able to handle anything with your health benefits or anything so what things did you go through i mean did you encounter sort of like a slump or were you ever sort of at a low point after you got out dealing with all this stuff on the side I mean how did you persevere and you know get to where you are today where what from what I see you're sort of a legend in the CrossFit world you've competed you are you're you know you're branded you're sponsored by a ton of amazing companies so how did that all transition for you yeah I definitely wouldn't call myself a legend fortunate that you know I, I've done I've done some cool stuff and I've really just aligned myself with really good people right but uh yeah I mean I've definitely had some low points like I wouldn't say I'm at, at the highest or where I'd like to be right now but you know I, I kind of fell back on kind of that ideology that you know shit kind of gets rough I mean that we can't get better if, if we haven't gone through some type of rough patch and I knew in in all of that, even though I was burning through every dollar I had to my name, and you know I'm I'm fighting with the congressman's office to get my DD214, fighting with you know the Air Force Personnel Center, and just wasn't really where I wanted to be. I knew right. that that was going to pass, so it was really just about kind of to to be able to keep moving forward rather than sit there and sulk and kind of let my circumstances control me. Yeah. So I had to kind of just stand up and control that and work any way I could. And unfortunately, you know, I kind of had a lapse in employment. I had some stuff happen with that defense contractor to where I found myself out of my ass with no money. Yeah. So I, I had to make some moves there. And uh, I'm really fortunate that I had people that had faith in me and, and supported me. And uh, I'm able to, to work for them and, and help them grow their brands now, which is awesome. And a lot of those folks are fellow veterans as well I believe not all of them but um yeah. so you're it seems like you have a pretty good team built around you like you said a good support system and I think that's something that's so important when you're going through things it, no matter who you are anything in life if, if you don't have somebody at least somebody supporting you and what you know you should be doing it can be very hard it can get very lonely and so yeah I want to get into more of let's talk about Palco Visual I want to talk about, um, you mentioned you work directly with the Resiliency Project, and that's something that I haven't looked a lot into, so I'm very curious to know more about that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Where did Palco Visual come from, and, you know, what is the business? All right, so, so yeah, so this is kind of, a, kind of a crazy story. There's some highs and lows in it. Like I said, I was working for a defense contractor, and they were pretty much non-existent on social media. So I was like, hey, you know, I know a thing or two about social media. Let me help you guys grow. And I helped them generate a good amount of profit. Fortunately, there, there were some, some issues with payment. Uh, that's really all I'll say about it. But yeah. I kind of had to, to go, go my separate ways 
mm-hmm. in order to, you know, feel good about myself, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I removed myself from that kind of toxic environment, and I had this camera that I bought because I knew I was going to be creating media for them. And I'm sitting there like, holy crap, you know, I don't have any work right now. I'm kind of losing my mind. What am I going to do? And I was training every day. I just wasn't happy with the gym. I wasn't happy with a lot of things going on. And I basically picked up the camera one day and haven't put it down since. But I was really fortunate because a few people were like, hey, you know, your photos and videos are are pretty good. Like, would you be interested in in helping us with some content? And it just kind of grew from there. Uh, So, I mean, Talco Visual just kind of, you know, just kind of changed my Instagram handle had been Palco215, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I was like, you know what, like, I'm posting a ton of different content now, so I think it's time to kind of rebrand it and, and go somewhere else with it and see what happens. And yeah, it's just kind of been, it's kind of taken off. I don't really stick to that, hey, you have to post one specific niche or whatever on Instagram. I kind of just do whatever I want. Yeah, that's uh, good. That's good. You should. Found, yeah. Yeah. I found it helps people. I used to have a blog. I used to have all these different outlets. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to consolidate it and see where it goes. Right. Have something that you can call yours that you will always be working on. Because if you're documenting and creating anyway, you might as well have it all sanctioned under something that, you know, can build your brand for you. So what I want to understand or what I want to get to, uh, and I noticed you said that there were some issues. There was sort of a falling out. You left a toxic situation. And if I'm not mistaken, that sounds like the same time frame you were hurting for work that was right around the same time frame you were struggling with other things with your dd214 maybe it was a little after i'm not sure but needless to say you stuck through you found some more clarity which ended up becoming palco visual uh you've helped others through the process despite even being down at times so where did that all come from who got in your head who taught you those things was it the military training that you had you know what I mean? Where did you keep that determination to continue on the journey you were heading, even though you had a couple hiccups? You know, business can be rough. So you had one of your first experiences went sour, but you you learned to get away from that and to keep persisting on. So like, where did all of that come from? Yeah, I, I definitely think the military had a lot to do with it. Growing up, I kind of always had that that kind of drive to be an entrepreneur, and my parents are both entrepreneurs, so. I think a lot, of, a lot of it stems from there, and I mean, I, when I grew up, I, you know, I used to hustle sneakers back in the day. Like, I was, I was a DJ, and I would go to, I would DJ at these like boutique shoe, uh, shoe stores here, and I would get, uh, you know, unreleased Nike Dunks or whatever, and then I would flip them and sell them for like, you know, fifty dollars, three hundred dollars more. I think so, that's how uh, uh, DJ Khaled found his sneaker dealer. It was like some teenager that did the same thing, basically. But he had Instagram on his side when uh, he was doing it. Yeah, the internet was just kind of a... It wasn't as big back of, then. Yeah, that's awesome, not, though. It was not as big. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that had a lot to do with it as well. But yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot in the military, you know, in terms of that. And yeah, uh, I, I think a big, a big part of... Uh, who I am today is a lot of the patients I had, you know, a lot of the men and women that, that I would get from downrange, a lot of the pediatric patients, and, and kind of realizing, like, hey, there, there's a bigger picture to life, and, uh, you know, you got to treat everyone with respect, and you got to kind of have humility and be, and really just be a good person, Yeah. Right? so I, I've learned that, you know, removing myself from toxic situations is kind of crucial, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also try not to put anyone in a toxic situation. Yeah. And, so, and what if, uh, so what if somebody's in a toxic situation and they don't necessarily have, or they, they might not think that they have the support system, uh, you know, that some others might have, you know, you know, some people might not have family that supports them like other people, or they might not have siblings or anybody out there that they think yeah. can pull them from that toxic situation. And I think for me, that's where that military training really hits home is, is because you, you're in your own head and it's you versus all these demons you might be fighting. And a, a lot of times yeah. for me personally, that was where I would take myself back to those moments in basic training or any sort of field exercise we were doing that was intense, you know, and I just told myself like, you can handle more shit than what you're going through right now. You, you've proven it. And oh, yeah. And that's one of the things that I really want to get across to a lot of veterans because I see a lot of pain. I see a lot of trouble when veterans get out and not always, but there's a lot still of of transitional issues and finding that purpose when they get out. And I know for a lot of them, they don't have any sort of support uh, going forward with what they think they might want to do. And I think that's why you and I are here. That's why this show is here. That's why I want to build my community around that because I don't see enough of it. I don't think so. Um, but that, yeah. that's amazing. So, so I have a kind of a long winded response to this. So okay. you might have to bear with me. For no, a second, we're, we got plenty of time, brother. Go ahead. All right, cool. So I think we as veterans, right? We, we go through a lot in the military, whether the conventional soft, whatever, whatever the case may be. You know, I was just talking to uh, another incredible incredible human and just he's uh actually in his, in the process of getting out and he said one of the biggest stressors in the military isn't even deploying or isn't even you know any of that stuff it's just the daily stress and just the daily amount of bullshit that you get handed to you right right uh and then we get out and we have all these these core values right you know you, you think about it like integrity mm-hmm. and honor and, and all this stuff and we get out and we expect other people to have that we expect other people you know, we care about everyone else's problems, and we expect them to care about our problems, but at the end of the day, they don't, mm-hmm. right? I've had clients that they, they tell me they can't pay me, or whatever the case may be, and they expect me to understand that, and I do, but they don't understand I have bills to pay, right? Yep. Uh, and we get out, and, and we let that happen, and we get into that, that suck, so to speak, right? We just, we're okay with sucking. We're okay with dealing with bullshit. Yeah, because um, we're trained to. You know, and and. Exactly, and then we take it until until the point that we can't handle it anymore, and it blows up, right? It blows up in our faces. Yeah. And and we all do it. We all do it. Right. Um, I you know I know so many people that that they're just angry, right? They're they're just pissed off all the time, and it's because they've had they've had shitty relationships, shitty jobs, you know. And instead of taking and and we do this to ourselves. Oh yeah. Uh, we get out and, and we let our like like I said earlier, right? We let our circumstances control us, and it happens because we trust people. We expect them to to have the same values that we have, and they don't. And there's nothing we can do to control that. All we can control is how we manage that. Right. I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if we are able to manage and mitigate those, those stressors, then we can progress forward, right? So I found a few ways of doing that. You know, there's, like, like you said earlier, so... That, that's a big part of resiliency project, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their whole thing is, is physical and mental strength. Okay. Uh, and they help a ton of people with that, whether whether they're, they've deployed or not. They don't, 
you know, they don't discriminate. I know there's organizations out there that do discriminate based on, like, oh, were you a soft dude? Were you, you deployed? Whatever. They help everyone. They don't give a shit. Okay. Awesome. I, That's I how it should be, that. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I love them for that. They've been around for a while. You know, they, they've helped me tremendously, and they've, they've helped quite a few of my friends tremendously. So I, I have nothing but love for them. But aside from that, you know, align yourself with a mentor. Find If, if you want to be an entrepreneur, find... Find a fucking an entrepreneur that's a veteran. You want to be a creator? Find an entrepreneur or a, a creator that's a veteran, right? Like reach yes. out to me. Reach out to someone that like is doing it, and they're gonna understand your situation more than than Joe Schmo, who you know went to college to do photography or whatever, right? Right, he, right. He has different circumstances. I, I don't I don't care what anyone says. Like I'm not I'm not the type of person that goes out there and says like, oh, I'm a veteran. Give me this, or I'm a you know, can I get that veteran discount? That's not me, and that'll never be me. And I, I don't expect people to understand or resonate with my experiences. But when I need to get input on something, I go to someone that's been through what I've been through. Absolutely. And uh, I found that helped me a lot. Yeah, so, like, Resiliency Project, Troy, the founder, like, he, he's a veteran. Uh, he was a corpsman in the Navy. So, yeah, when we have talks, like, he definitely resonates and understands me a bit more. But that being said, even reaching out outside of that circle can be helpful, right? I found... Yeah. Uh, an organization that a lot of people don't know about called the Soldiers Project. And I've been utilizing them recently just to kind of talk and kind of get some things out. And it's helped, it's helped a lot uh, just in, in my own personal relationships and, and just my life. They, now, they provide free. Yeah. I, no, I was just getting to that. I was going to ask. So is that sort of like a free service? What is that? Yeah. So they're a nonprofit. They, uh, they actually link up veterans with local therapists in your area. Okay. Free sessions. It's like unlimited sessions too. It's not, you know, they're not like, hey, three sessions and then you got to pay $150 or whatever. <laughs> I'm actually going to... Three sessions for as long as you need. I'm writing this down. So it's the Soldier Project? Yeah. Okay. Because I need to see a counselor. Not just because of all the things that I'm taking on in life. It's not because I'm severely depressed right now or anything but i love having a counselor that you can trust that you know you can call or go to and you can just vent and you know that there's not going to be any backlash from it and it's perfect so the soldier project i don't know i know they're post 9-11 and i'm not sure that anyone that's going to listen to this is you know pre 9-11 yeah you know they might no offense those old school cats like I, I hope they do i hope they do yeah yeah i, I wish I, I knew of an organization for them but yeah that uh i know the soldiers project is, is solely for like post 9 11 uh military military members and families okay from my understanding and we have plenty of resources for the the guys that wouldn't yeah. make that cut too so that that won't be an issue awesome and yeah like i i think really just a lot of that stuff like i said is, is really just talking to other people and and learning how to manage those stressors on your own you can't blame other people yeah that's that's what i was gonna say you you hit it the nail on the head when you were saying that you know we're trained to just roll with the punches we've always heard shit rolls downhill and like you said we'll let things build because we just accept what it is we take it for what it is and one of the things that i was gonna basically say to that just to shorten it all up was just not to expect shit from anybody like you said so yep I'm glad that you touched on that. I was going to say being empathetic to the fact that being a veteran means you have a whole, just a whole different sector of your life that you've experienced that 
a lot of people will never have or have the chance to experience. All of the things you've witnessed, all of the struggles you've been through, all of the training you've had, it sets you apart. And I think that if veterans can remind themselves of that, like you were talking about, and we can remain empathetic to the fact that nobody understands some of the things that we do, that's where you know it becomes a lot easier you can also learn to sift through bullshit a lot easier once you start doing that too because you'll you'll resonate with the people that are being genuine that are being true and good they do have those core values like you said so i'm glad that you mentioned that and one of the things too if you guys don't think he knows what he's talking about this guy's sponsored by nova three labs alpha brew coffee alonzo defense group truest you myopucks i mean you're getting to travel for work like I want to talk about how you learned about the power of Instagram because you were telling veterans that are listening, you know, to reach out, get away from those toxic situations, meet other people that have their experiences. But honestly, I'm, I'm a little concerned that a lot of people don't know how easy it is to do that through certain social you know, platforms. So how did you learn some of that stuff? What would you recommend for people that might be listening right now who might not know a damn thing about Instagram. Yeah, so I mean, social media kind of has two different spectrums. It can be a really, really powerful tool mm-hmm. to kind of network in both business and your personal life, or it can be completely toxic and a time-wasting uh, black nuisance, hole. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, there's all these, there's all these like completely fucked up pages, like dysfunctional veteran, like. Cool. You want to wear a dysfunctional veteran shirt and shame our community? That's on you. Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to stop you from doing it, but don't bitch about the fact that you don't have a job and you know all this stuff when you're you're wasting your time just sulking with other people, bitching about your problems, posting right? pictures of naked women. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just not nothing productive. Yeah, and I think Instagram specifically is so powerful, right? Because it's giving people a creative outlet. And not only that, you're able to interact with people within that. So for me, I, I've met a, a good amount of my, my closest personal friends and the, the businesses that I'm fortunate to be aligned with via Instagram. We met on and Instagram. So, exactly. Right? So yep. like Alpha Brew Coffee, for instance. I, I work with them pretty much daily. Uh, I, I, got, I got in with Ricky through a, a mutual friend. So got in with Alpha Brew Coffee and then kind of started, I, I was a customer first, I love their coffee, I'm actually, I'm actually drinking it right now. Nice. Uh, nice. But yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of lit up right now, <laughs> I get fired up and I start ranting about stuff, yeah, but yeah, so met up with them and then it, we just started, we hit it off, off the bat, like we, we had similar ideas about stuff and long story short, it became a really good like working relationship and friendship i'm excited about that too because they're going to be coming on the show i believe too and i am excited to get that part of uh the story from them too from ricky and uh, yeah it's amazing because i met them through you coming on the show and then we chatted on instagram yeah so i mean it's, it's a really powerful tool and I've met them, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to work with them, and I, I travel with them quite a bit. You know, they make me sleep on, on random floors, and uh, <laughs> our last trip, our last trip, we were in uh, northern New Jersey uh, for Asbury Park Summer Games, and I had to sleep on a uh, an air mattress in a, uh, I was actually on, like, a patio, 
like an enclosed patio <laughs> in the room in the house. Yeah, I don't mind. You know, it's always it was actually cooler out there. It was pretty nice. What do they call those things? Yeah, the so the, the woobles or whoopies or whatever. You should have brought one of those. Oh, whoopies. Oh yeah. I didn't even have one. <laughs> but yeah, like that's all because of Instagram, right? Like mm-hmm. actually, one of my uh, my best friend from the military I met on social media before we shipped to basic. And then we're in the same flight in basic and the same team in selection, right? And wow. I mean, we're, you know, we're seven years later, we're best friends. So I, I do believe that social media is a powerful tool if it's used properly. I believe it too. I think that that is, um, and it's hard when you're on social media because you're instantly hit with a lot of the negative. I think that's honestly yeah. why I prefer Instagram more because you usually you'll see a lot of negative on Instagram, but if you follow certain things, you can get away from it a lot easier than you could say, you know, Facebook or something. But one of the things that I would encourage anybody listening, if you don't know what you want to do, there are so many people on Instagram, on Facebook, there's so many people out there who if you just message them and you were just honest about what's going on and you you look into them and you know that you know they might be a veteran they might have been in the same branch as you or something you see that they're doing things that you might like or that you might be interested in those are the people you need to start trying to fill your circle with those are the people that if you're only surrounded by people who all they care about are things that just aren't relevant to you and your success you know they're they don't have any drive to move forward they don't have any positive vibes going on all the time you know and you're trying to get a new path you're trying to start your life you need to start trying to close your circle in with those those types of people that you see wanting to help and it's out there you just have to look you have to want it bad enough just like anything else let's get into you were in canada you were traveling that wasn't with alpha brew coffee that was for nova three labs is that correct yes nice. yeah i was up there for And so all these brands and things, what you primarily do for them is you're the one making all of their marketing videos. You're the one doing all their filming. Is that correct? Uh, it depends. Oh, really? So, I mean, with Nova, yeah, so with Nova, I'm, I'm actually an athlete. They, I got signed as an athlete with them a few years ago. And then once I, I started doing a lot of the media stuff, it just kind of organically progressed into that. Okay, got you. And so did you... So, okay, because I know you're into CrossFit. You are, you, I consider you to be an athlete. I know you've competed. What, what came first to get you into the sort of their, their world? Was it the athletics? Was it the competing? And then um, they kind of knew, figured out you had a gift for photography or <laughs> how did that go? So I kind of, my, my start with them was kind of weird. Uh, I actually started taking one of their products when, I, so I was uh, I was dealing with like adrenal dysfunction and low testosterone levels, you know, because I was working ridiculous shifts while I was in. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I, like you said in the beginning, I was a medic. I was constantly doing shift work, so I was at a point where I was working twenty four hour shifts, uh, doing EMS, and I was trying to train pretty heavily, and I was just running myself into the ground. And I had some some labs drawn, and yeah, I was not in a good place. So I had to really dial back and figure out what would work. And a friend of mine recommended their product, Max Adrenal, which is like an adrenal support product. And I started buying it. And then I, I met them at, at a, a huge competition in Miami called Wadapalooza. And we just kind of hit it off. And I was like, hey, can I, can I write a blog for you guys about this? Like, I, I think it would be really beneficial to military first responders, whoever. 
and it just kind of progressed from there. And then Chrissy was like, hey, do you want to be an athlete? And yeah, it's just kind of been with them for, what, three years now? Yeah, that's awesome. And I've read that, I read that blog when we first met. It, it, was, uh, it was a really good blog. You're actually a really good blogger, I think. Uh, I enjoyed I reading. Uh, I read the article too about you. you you've had two saves uh, in your time in the military, and I read about that as well. Which you know, thank you for that. That's incredible. I'm sure everybody yeah. would be proud of you for that one. So, I appreciate that, man. what got you into CrossFit? I mean, has have you always been physically active? You know, was CrossFit something that got you out of, got you to where you are now? I mean, how how has that impacted your life? Yeah, I got into training. I think late in my like junior year of high school because I was I was like 115 or 120 pounds. I'll send you the picture offline. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. so I, I got into training because I was just you know a small, scrawny kid, and uh, I knew I wanted to go in the military. I didn't know what exactly my plan was, and yeah, so I got into training, and then I stumbled upon CrossFit while I was actually living in Israel. So I did my first workout out there at their like first gym, and it was uh, deadlifts and double unders. And mm-hmm. I couldn't do double unders. Yeah, I, I still remember the day. It was actually like seven or eight years ago to this month. But got into it through, hey, I want to get ready for the military. This program looks like it'll work really well. And it kind of progressed from there. I didn't really do CrossFit as a sport until 2013, 2014. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I got into it. And then a local gym owner, who's also a veteran here in Philly when I, when I got back to Philly, Terrence Benningham, he, he actually works with like Travis Mannion Foundation and does some really cool stuff. He let me basically clean his gym and just help out any way I could in exchange for a gym membership. Oh, so wow. I was able to train there and, and yeah, get ready for selection and stuff. So it was really cool. The competing <laughs> looks really, really like, in, not only does it look intense, but it looks really fun. It, it does look really competitive. I know I just watched a, re- a recent video of you throwing up, I don't know how much weight, but, uh, you know, just the reaction of, you know, you dropping the bar and then yelling at the guy to go next after you. It was pretty intense. But I, I'm i so tall and scrawny. I have these long arms and long legs, chicken legs. And just some of the stuff you do, I just look, I feel like I'd break in half if I tried to lift it or, you know, contort my body the way you guys do. <laughs> you just got to get started, man. Find a good gym. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I, I like to work out and stuff. Just, you know, I like to stay yeah. in shape because I'm so big on it being helpful to one's mental stability and success in general. So, I mean, I like to run and I do go to like to just a normal gym, but I don't know. just never, never looked into CrossFit that, that big, but it, I love knowing people that are into it because I just know that it's going to take me that much closer to trying it eventually. So Yeah, I mean, I, I've loved CrossFit, especially since I was in the military, right? It really kind of resonated with me, the community aspect, stuff like that. Like when I was stationed in Germany, I coached at a military affiliate. Uh-huh. As a, I basically volunteered my time there. And I mean, the, the bond that I had with those people was, was phenomenal, even more so than like... I had friends in my unit, but I didn't really hang out with those friends because a lot of them would just drink and, you know, do whatever. And my crew from Launch School CrossFit, where I coached, was, was just phenomenal. And uh, it definitely, with, with the type of work I was doing in Germany, it was definitely kind of a, uh, I hate to use the word, but it was kind of a quote-unquote safe space, right? Like, right. I was able to go, go relax and, and kind of get my head off of, uh, off of work. Yeah. My schedule out there was nuts. And yeah, I mean, we, 
had a good time. We would travel to competitions, like met some of my really good friends out there. Like, you know, actually, you should probably get him on the show, uh, Ronnie Bass. He would be an awesome, awesome guest. Ronnie Bass? But, yeah, yeah, I'll link you up with him okay. after the show for sure. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in touch to this day. I actually talked to him earlier today. You know, we, we took trips to, to Belgium together, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And oh, that's I, awesome. A, a big part of that, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't have met those people if it wasn't for CrossFit, you know? That's funny you mentioned like, Belgium. Just been another sergeant. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, they would have been just another NCO or another officer or whoever that, you know, I just saw and said, hey, what's up to, or whatever, on a daily basis. But no, instead we became, you know, really good friends. I, I actually had a two-year NATO mission from Branch when I was stationed at Fort Stewart. And I wanted to go so bad because, I, you know, I just heard so many wonderful things about that area. And yeah. I was fenced in at Fort Stewart. And that's another whole story. But, yeah, I couldn't go, and I was so disappointed. So that's neat that you got to go and experience that. And I think yeah. it's um, crucial to point out, like you said, you went and sort of separated yourself with something that was different you know i'm sure it might have been uncomfortable at first getting used to just that routine you said all your peers were you know doing the typical you know party and drinking in the barracks doing whatever on the weekends really just living their life as soldiers and i think that's pivotal and look at where crossfit is in your life now and just look at the friends and the relationships you've made just by making that one choice to start going there versus just being your average self, you know, while in Europe. And I think that's what a lot of us tend to forget is just how wonderful life really can be if you go after it, you know, if you if you let it be. And so I'm really inspired by your story, man. I want to basically just ask you what your tips are. I mean, do you have a very strict routine in the mornings? What do you kind of do to prep yourself for success every day? What do you you know, do you listen to podcasts? Do you read books? What is your strategy for success each day? Yeah, so right now it's kind of, it's a little bit different. I've been my schedule's been kind of thrown off because I've had so much editing to do, mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to you know I'm trying to get back in the training. I you know I had surgery like what five months ago now. So yeah, and you're already still back. Kind of I mean, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and then uh, but yeah, I try to I try to have kind of a. I have somewhat of a schedule with my mornings to where I know I'm going to do the same things. I just, it gets structured differently. Right. So it kind of changes around a bit. What would you just say for like the basics though? I mean, for just anybody that might need need help, like just figuring out where to start if they're, you know, down. This is my, my, my all inclusive morning. And and some people are going to probably listen to this and be like, this guy's full of shit. Uh, So I wake up and I try to, if I can, move around for like five minutes, whether it's like some type of just movement flow, just kind of move, like I have a bad knee and I just typically when I wake up, I just feel broken. Uh, <laughs> I know that feeling. Like, yeah. So I, I just wake up. Yeah, exactly. So I wake up and just move around. Uh, I go downstairs. I, I have two dogs that I kind of just, I always like to make sure they've eaten before I eat or before I eat. So right, I'll take care awesome. of them, just kind of say what's up to them. And then I'll make a, so I, Every morning I have water with lemon and Himalayan pink salt. And reason being, well, lemon, obviously, you know, vitamin C and just some micronutrients. But the Himalayan pink salt is kind of an electrolyte type. You know, salts are actually good for people. They don't realize it. But, yeah, salt, salt is good. So every morning I have that. I basically drink 
12 to 16 ounces of water right off the bat because I'm really bad about drinking water throughout the day. So I just <laughs> tend to be really dehydrated by the end of the day. And I drink a ton of coffee. So, But yeah, so I have that and then kind of get my breakfast going. Well, breakfast is going and I make my coffee. I'll usually have some type of vlog on. Like I, I, I watch a lot of like Casey Neistat or Peter McKinnon or whatever. Nice. Uh, if not, I'll listen to a podcast. So lately... So I'm not the biggest Gary, like I like Gary Vaynerchuk stuff a lot. I wouldn't call myself like Gary Vaynerchuk nerd, Yeah. but his podcasts are, are pretty spot on and I like shorter podcasts. Yeah. I, I can't focus on a podcast for like two hours. I can't. Right. So I, uh, I like those shorter, like 15 minute things like Andy Frisella, yeah. uh, MF CEO. He has a few. I love that like, dude. Yeah. He's awesome. So, like, 11 to 20 minutes, like, I'm in, you know. I can make my breakfast and then, boom, have breakfast and kind of get going. From there, like, I'll try to read typically, like, two pages of a book a morning. Like, right now, I'm, I'm still working my way through uh, Tribe of Mentors by oh. Tim Ferriss. Oh, nice. I need to read that still. Yeah, yeah it's phenomenal. Uh, I have that one, and then I also have Tools of Titans, a friend of mine, Sasha, gave me. So, I, I still have to read that one. And I have... I have a whole backlog of books right now. <laughs> but yeah, so that'll that'll typically be like my start to the day. Uh, I'll try to write down like three things I need to accomplish for the day or I'll either write three things I need to accomplish or I'll write down some, some type of gratitude depending on how I feel in the morning. If I wake up and I feel like shit, I'm going to wake up and try to write things I'm, I'm thankful for because really that'll help me actually appreciate the day more than waking up and being like, shit, I have to do this, I have to do this whatever yeah letting right. it stress you out yeah so and then after all that i meditate for 10 minutes like every day that that never change. i have to meditate like at least once a day because i get really stressed out if anybody listening doesn't even know how to meditate i, I can give you a really simple tip if you have spotify or youtube you can just search simple meditations that will play audio and you can just put in earphones close your eyes lay in your bed you don't have to know yeah. How to do all these crazy yoga poses. I mean, it's, it can be as simple as just turning on a meditation audio and just oh, yeah. letting your mind relax because that's what I do. I'll do that before bed. And I, I also put on, there's like positive affirmations that you can play while you're actually sleeping that go for like an hour or two. And so I do a lot of that too as I'm falling asleep. But that's amazing. I am very excited to start blogging. Everybody that's listening, look for blogs for all of these things we talked about. I'm gonna blog about all of your sponsors, you. We're gonna have show notes put out. Uh, but we are coming up right at the, we're about 42 minutes in. But I wanna just yeah. leave the floor to you if you have any last comments or you know anything you wanna put out for the show. And maybe like if there's a quote you live by or anything. So I'll leave the floor to you and then we'll get out of here. I, I appreciate, you know, having me on here. It's been awesome. No problem. One of my biggest things, especially with coming on here, every veteran and really just every person, I'm not even going to limit this to veterans. We all have a different story. We all need to, to be understanding of other people. At the same time, you know, make sure we're kind of living by our own morals and realizing that our mindset and our kind of our viewpoints on the world will shift as we grow and as we age. And uh, we have to be understanding of those people, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I can't sit there and get pissed off because someone doesn't understand where I'm coming from. And as a veteran especially, people, people need to realize, first off, we eat our own. And we do it constantly. Like, I constantly see veterans bickering. Like, we really need to cut that shit out mm -hmm. because it makes us look like idiots, you know? And no, that, like, nobody wants to help 
somebody who's being mean or rude or ignorant in a situation either. So if you want help, it's not the way to act. And additionally, no one owes us shit. Like, we volunteered. If, if you were not in Vietnam, you, you are not a Vietnam extra, uh, veteran. Blah, sorry. Era. <laughs> if you are not a Vietnam era veteran, no one owes you shit. Because you went to that recruiting station and you enlisted, commissioned, whatever. So people need to get that out of their minds. We're not owed anything. You need to go out there and get it every day. You need to align yourself with, with cool people, good people with good values. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have, a, a good, like you said, a good support network, whether it's, it's the brands I work with, my personal friends, or even like some of my clients. You know, shout out to, to Angelo. He goes by Alpha Hit. He's one of my clients, and he's opened a, a whole new world uh, of just kind of possibilities to me just by seeing what he does on a daily basis with his podcast and with his businesses. Right? So, it's incredible. align yourself. Yeah, you know, align yourself with good people, you know, and just try try and realize every life offers you opportunities. Jump on them. Don't sit there and wonder. Don't don't sit there and hate on someone that's doing something cool on social media. Don't you know, if someone's living their life by a, a social media highlight reel, whatever. Don't hate on that. Right? Like mm-hmm. I I personally put both the good and the bad on my social media stuff. That's just how I operate. Uh, I don't hide anything from anyone. You know, you want to know something, hit me up and ask me. I don't care. But, you know, try and just live by those values and just realize that expand your mind and don't be stuck in a mindset. Don't be stuck in in some type of, especially with, like, politics and stuff like that. You know, open your mind, Mm -hmm. uh, especially as veterans. At the end of the day, we are the future. I don't care what anyone says. Like, in a few years, OIF and OEF veterans are going to be running this country. Mm Mm-hmm. Guys that were downright, and I, I myself haven't deployed, but I worked on folks that have. And whether I mean whether they deployed, whether they, you know we didn't, whatever, mm-hmm. we're still going to run this country. We're going to have people sitting in leadership positions at corporations, at, you know, in public office, whatever. And we need to set the standard. Veteran-owned businesses, I think we're like 7% of all businesses are owned by veterans or something like that. It's a pretty large number. I hope to see it increase over the next 10 years. I know that World War II veterans came out of World War II and 50% of them became entrepreneurs. So I know the number is a lot lower than it used to be. But that's what I, one of my goals is to pick this community up, dust us off, get us rolling um, like we know how to roll. Just because we're not in the military anymore doesn't mean we don't have the duty Still to this day, we, we have a civilian squad to take care of, and we need to tighten our shot groups. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. You know, and, and not everyone has to be an entrepreneur. No, no. Uh, if you get out and you're, you know, you're, you're a veteran and you're like, what am I going to do? Should I be an entrepreneur or should I, you know, do whatever? And no, yeah, I'm not saying you have to be an entrepreneur. I just, oh, yeah, no. more people growing and succeeding at whatever they do, basically, yeah. is where I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that they're, like, I'm seeing some of these, these these new new era politicians coming into play, and I'm like, I'm very optimistic about it. Right? <laughs> and not to get into politics because I, I hate politics, but yeah. I'm optimistic that it will hopefully lead to kind of a better future for the country and for the world, right? Right. Because you know, at the end of the day, we look at like all the people that are, are sitting in office right now, and even like our last elections, like how in in a country of billions of people that we we come to this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> So I know. I, There's I'm a lot of chaos. And I hate seeing that. I hate seeing our country kind of in shambles. And I hate seeing so much division mm-hmm. of, among us 
people downrange, you know, fighting wars, and people don't even realize that. So I'm, I'm hopeful for the future, though. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you're putting out this podcast and you're trying to get a message out, especially to our community, uh, being veterans. I want everybody that wants their voice heard to be heard, and I think that when we start showing other other folks that. We are here. We do have people's backs. You just got to find us. We'll find you. I mean, the world's big, but I want everybody to see that light that you're talking about at the end of the tunnel where, you know, every day isn't just a constant sad world that they're living in, basically. And yeah, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this morning. It's Sunday morning. It's pretty much made my day, brother, and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And I look forward to... Yeah, really I look forward to the future. I know this show's just taking off, but I, I know that you and I are going to stay close. We're going to stay connected. We're on opposite coasts, but it does not matter anymore thanks to the power of technology. And I have a lot of stuff going on with my security company out in the east side anyway. So chances are we'll run into each other, hopefully. Thank you again awesome. for coming on. And everybody that's listening, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is the second episode of the Veteran Growth Podcast. We'll see you later. Is that that is that